6 o'clock, Ronnie, or 6.30? 6 6.30. I'll put the same time we had for the other one, whatever that is. I don't know. Let's do it at 6. Yeah, we need to fix all the meetings at either one or the other. It's too confusing. Alrighty, <clears throat> we're going to get started, and <clears throat> this will be the third teaching on Genesis, the creation story, and I'm going to read out of, uh, start out with uh, scripture out of Job chapter 38, something we need to keeping our minds as we think about this whole topic. We need to uh, think about what Job was thinking about. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask that you would help us in all that we do. Help us in our understanding. Help us to see the, the word clearly. Father, we need to have faith in you. We don't need to figure everything out. Father, we believe you because you are an awesome God. You know what's best. And Father, we want to be people of faith. Father, we trust you and we want to obey you. And we just <clears throat> ask that you would Help us in that, the guidance of the Holy Spirit, and, and just for us to remember that all that you've done, the shed blood of Jesus and us being able to come to you because of what he did for us. In Christ's name we pray, amen. In Job chapter 38, starting with verse 1, Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this that darkeneth Counsel by words without knowledge. Gird up now thy loins like a man, for I will demand of thee the, and answer thou me. Where wast thou when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declare if thou hast understanding. Who hath laid the measures thereof, if thou knowest? Or who hath stretched the line upon it? Whereupon are the foundations thereof fastened? Or who laid the cornerstone thereof? When the morning stars sang together, and all the sons of God shouted for joy. Now that's uh, <laughs> that's pretty interesting, isn't it? I mean, we we act like we got to figure everything out, and we got to be all intellectual and and know everything. But the fact is, God can humble us so quickly just like he did Job here. Job was getting counsel from different people that were supposed to be his friends, and they were trying to figure out why Job was going through such a hard time. He must have done something wrong. They were just trying to figure things out. And God reminded them that they were nowhere around when he created the earth and all that's in it. Where were you at? <clears throat> now, <clears throat> turn to Proverbs chapter 8. And we're going to read 22 through 36. Proverbs 8, 22 through 36. <clears throat> now this is... Uh, talk is wisdom and wisdom seems to be speaking here and when you get to 22 there is a very it's a it's something changes here in 22 the lord possessed me 
in the beginning of his way before his works of old. I was set up from everlasting, from the beginning, or ever the earth was, when there were no depths. I was brought forth, when there were no fountains abounding with water. Before the mountains were settled, before the hills was I brought forth, while as yet he had not made the earth nor the fields, nor the highest part of the dust of the world. When, the, when he prepared the heavens, I was there. When he set a compass upon the face of the depth, when he established the clouds above, when he strengthened the fountains of the deep, when he gave to the sea his decree that the water should not pass his commandment, when he appointed the fountains of the earth, You know, the tide will only come in so far. And God made that happen. Then, 28, when he established the clouds above, when he strengthened the fountains of the deep, when he gave to the sea his decree that the water should not pass his commandment, when he appointed the foundations of the earth, Then I was by him as one brought up with him, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him, rejoicing in the habitable part of his earth, and my delights were with the sons of men. Now therefore hearken unto me, O ye children, for blessed are they that keep my ways. Hear instruction, and be wise, and refuse it not. Blessed is the man that heareth me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at the post of my doors. For whoso findeth me findeth life, and shall obtain favor of the Lord. But he that sinneth against me wrongeth his own soul. All they that hate me love death. Now that, you go back and look at all of the theologians from times gone by, it starts with wisdom, but that is clearly Jesus speaking right there. That is Jesus. And he is referred to as wisdom. It's one of the names for Jesus is wisdom. And this was Jesus with God when all the things were created. He was there. And the plan was for him to show up on the earth one day, and you see how it changes over in 31, where he actually comes to the earth, where he can, be, he can habitate there, and my delights were with the sons of men. He had a purpose to come to earth. So we see him before the earth was ever formed or, or created, and now down here in 30, 31, uh, he is on the earth with men. That is clearly talking about Jesus. And it's also talking about the beginning of the earth, or even before the earth was formed. We talked about Charles Spurgeon last week, and I I know that this wasn't on last week, and I can't remember if it was on the first one, but we're going to repeat this just in case if, if I said it the first week. And this is the Confessions of St. Augustine. So I'm just trying to pick up on some things that I know that I didn't get to in my notes from the very first uh, teaching on this. So the Confessions of St. Augustine, this is from chapter 8 of his writings. And Augustine was one of our church fathers from way, way back. So um, he said, this is, this is him out of his writings, Heaven and earth were made in the beginning. Afterwards, the world, during six days, from shapeless matter. For very wonderful is this corporeal heaven, of which firmament between water and water, the second day, after the creation of light, Thou saidest, let it be made, and it was made. 
which firmament thou callest heaven, the heaven, that is, to this earth and sea, which thou madest the third day, by giving a visible figure to the formless matter, which thou madest before all days, for already hast thou made both an heaven before all days. But that was the heaven of this heaven, because in the beginning thou hast made heaven and earth. But this same earth which thou madest was formless matter, because it was invisible and without form, and darkness was upon the deep. I'm pretty sure I read that that first week, but I just couldn't remember, and I did not get back to listen to that, so I just wanted to make sure that that was read again. We talked about the Jewish Midrash last week on Wednesday. We talked about the Aramaic Old Testament and how it started with, and the earth was laid waste, went over the... The quotes from from Spurgeon's sermon from back in 1855. We talked about Usher and the chronology of the Bible. And the importance of the singular of heaven in the first verse. And then Genesis chapter 2, the first verse has heavens plural and the significance of that. At that point, we had the atmosphere that the birds fly in and the solar system, and then, of course, we have the heaven and, you know, where God is. So the scripture is, is so accurate if we leave it alone and don't change places that we think need to be changed. Unfortunately, that's been done quite a bit. Now, God, he, he acted in creating, and only God actually creates, and that word is bara. And I'm going to read out of a book, and I hesitate to talk about this particular book and the author of this book because he is very much hated. If you look him up on the Internet, you're going to find a bunch of misinformation. He, I've noticed, especially lately over the last couple years, if you speak truth, you will get canceled. If you think for yourself and don't trust everybody else and you actually think for yourself. We, we have been trained in this country for a long time by going to school we have been taught how to not think. We have been taught this is the answer, memorize it so you'll do good on the test. And it's for a reason. We, to, to take over a free people, you have to indoctrinate them. And if anybody fights against it, you just get them out of the way. You cancel them. And it's becoming more and more evident over time that a person who values their inalienable rights that are given by God, God's got to be eliminated. God has to be pushed out of the way to where there are no absolute truths. Now, there's, there are certain people who... You'll notice that people will attack them when they really hit a, a sore spot, when they really start getting too close to what hurts they will ridicule them and they will do everything they can to make them to where no one wants to listen to them. It's called bearing false witness. And thou shalt not bear false witness. So if you go on the internet and you start bad-mouthing people and making up lies about them so that people will hate them and not want to listen to them, you're bearing false witness. And we've seen a lot of that lately. All right, so this chapter is just chapter 8 out of a book called The Gap Fact. We talked about the gap theory. There's different, different, different definitions of gap theory depending on who you ask. Well, instead of saying it's a gap theory, we've already proven in Scripture that there's plenty of gaps. There's all kinds of gaps in Scripture. 
So we're going to call this gap that's between Genesis 1-1 and Genesis 1-3, we're going to call that a gap fact because it's a fact. We've already proven it. Now, just to make this better out of, out of Scripture, the words in Scripture, the Generation compared to generations. Heaven and heavens. It's critical that you leave it the way it was from the beginning. Don't change it. So I'm, I'm going to read out of this book. The, the author's name is Michael Pearl. And again, you look him up. It's No Greater Joy Ministries, and you will see a lot of negative things about him because he's a no-nonsense preacher from Tennessee, backwoods, and he doesn't, he, he's not one bit interested in making friends. Not one bit. <clears throat> he teaches the Word of God. He has a podcast or something on uh, YouTube called The Door, and you can go get all kinds of great Bible teaching from that. And... Um, I've learned a lot from him in years gone by. And I just want to give him credit for this. Um, he didn't want to do this book. He's got way too many grandkids that are keeping him busy, too many other things. He doesn't like getting into stuff like this, but he was, he was asked over and over again to write a book on it, so he did it. And this is just one part of it. Now... Extraordinary support for the gap fact is found in the apportioned translation of several words. The King James Bible very accurately and consistently renders these words in line with the Hebrew text. Two words that are critical to our discussion are created and made. We will make our point from the English text and respond to the critic who resorts to the Hebrew to do a snow job on the layman. So you have this credentialed teacher who has a working knowledge of the original languages or anyone who can use the many Greek and Hebrew aids available can lead the layman into the tangled web of original language and turn him around a couple of times knowing he will not have the foggiest idea about the facts of the Hebrew, but will choose sides according to whom he thinks is the best educated and most informed. So basically what he's saying is, you take this person who acts like he's uh, an expert in Greek and Hebrew and says all these fancy Greek and Hebrew words, and you say, well, he really knows what he's talking about, and they got you. They can take you in and get you all mixed up. There are so many Greek and Hebrew lexicons out there from years gone by. And you get a person who will write one, and it might be in this chapter. Uh, I might repeat it when I'm reading. But you, you can take a person who has 20, he says, 25 lexicons. And then a the guy thinks he's got to write a new one. He's, been, he's got these in his library from years gone by, but he writes a new one to correct the errors that he has found. So even the lexicons, the Greek and the Hebrew lexicons that you can find in bookstores and, and, and places, they don't agree with each other. So we've got to be really careful and trust that God has had his hand in the translation of the original, originals into English, that he had his hand on it, and that we do have the perfect word of God for the English-speaking people, and we've got to trust that. Because God told us that he would not allow his word to go away. It'll be there forever. And he has protected it, and I, I really feel like we have it, and you can get what you need out of the King James Bible. You can get it, everything you need. So there's words like created and made. Now we're gonna, we know the Hebrew or the Greek words, the Hebrew words. This, this, this author right here, Michael, he said... I studied Greek in college and learned very little. I learned much more after getting out. But I would never put my 
Greek knowledge up against the King James Bible. <laughs> He's just not going to do it because, it's, in his opinion, it's perfect. Have you ever wondered why a man writes a new lexicon when he already has 25 in his office? Okay, only God creates. First, read Genesis. This, you can read the first five chapters of Genesis. First five chapters of Genesis. And there's ten times that created is used. And 18 times that made and make are used. And, of course, he encourages you to go to a concordance and look every place in the Bible where created is used and every place where made and make is used and do your own, own word study. Created is found in the Bible 53 times, and made slash make is found 2,491 times. Can you imagine looking up every single time that is in the Bible, in your word search? Well, he knows not too many people are going to do that. Every time the word, but he did. This guy actually did it. He, he actually went in his concordance, and you have to go to the back, and look at the words that aren't significant words, like four, F-O-R, not the number four, but four, because the Bible is always saying for this, for that, and sometimes it means to get, but most of the time it means because of. For the Word of God was written, it was because it was. So, I, if, I'm, if I'm reading scripture, no matter what I'm talking about, teaching about, preaching about, whatever, and when I get to that word for, you'll notice that I'll say, or because of, because, I, because there's a very important part of scripture that will get people all messed up, and it's the baptism crowd, the people you, uh, who say you have to be baptized, and that's what really saves you, which is a work salvation, and they use that one verse that you have to be baptized to be saved. And it says, it's got the word for the remission of sins. To be baptized for, and it's because of the remission of sins. It's not to get remission of sins. So it's a false teaching. You can take that one verse out of the Bible and go to somebody and say, well, if you're not baptized, then, then there's no remission of sins because of that one verse, and not knowing what the meaning of four is. So this guy studies all, every single time a certain word is in the whole Bible. I don't have that much patience. I'm not going to look up made and make 2,491 times. I'm not going to do it. So every time the word create is, is used in the Bible... It is God doing the creating. That just happens to be the way it is in the Bible. When that, when that Hebrew word bara, or whatever the word is for created, even in the New Testament, that word means making something out of nothing. We can say, I better, I'm going to keep reading because I think it's, I'm going to say it again. All right, every time, neither the English word create nor the Hebrew word from which it is derived, is ever used to express anything man or the devil have done. Creation is the sole work of God alone. The Latin Bible, dating back to the time of the early church, translates the Hebrew word bara, which is create, as ex nihilio, meaning out of nothing comes something. The meaning has somewhat eroded in modern language. But the distinctive difference can readily be observed in everyday English speech and writing. We, cre we create a masterpiece, but we make a chair, unless the chair is an entirely new design that did not previously exist. And then we might say we created a new chair in order to emphasize the originality. Obviously, in the absolute sense, man cannot create anything except in the abstract, like poetry, music, etc., 
Everything we make is done by rearranging or restructuring previously existing material. God created trees, and we make a house of lumber that was made from trees. We make our walls of drywall, drywall sheets made of gypsum. God created the heaven and the earth, but he made the firmament, the sun and moon, at a later date from pre-existing materials. It's important to notice, God created and he made. All through the creation story, you'll see that. Very little creating was done. Uh, he didn't recreate a lot of things. He just didn't recreate. It was already there. He just had to put it in the right place or fix it. You really need to read all 53 uses of create in the King James Bible since it accurately reflects the Hebrew and Greek. For your convenience, we have recorded the 10 times create appears in the creation account and 18 times make, make, make made appears. All right, the 10 uses of create. It's in Genesis 1.1. You know that very well. Uh, In Genesis 1.21, and God created great whales and every living living creature that moveth. And then in 27, and it's three times in one verse. So he's only talking about one thing. In 27, but he says it three times. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. He's talking about uh, making and creating mankind. It's said three times in one verse. Then in Genesis 2, 3, And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because that in it he had rested from all his work, which God created and Made. It's in the same verse. Created and made is in the same verse. These are the generations, there's the S, of the heavens, S, and of the earth. What do you mean, the generations of the heavens and the earth? What do you, the earth, wasn't it, it went through stages, and we don't know how many. We don't know what happened. We know that in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and then he created some things in the six days, but mostly he made, formed other things. He, he fixed, formed, made, all those different words for working with things that are already pre-existing, that he already created a long time before. You don't see anything in the first uh, chapter of Genesis about water being made. It was separated, the waters from the waters, but water was already there when the Spirit of God was moving upon the face of the earth. It was already completely covered in water, and the earth was already there. Uh, Genesis 5.1, this is the book of the generations of Adam. In the day that God created man in the likeness of God, made he him. Created and made in the same verse. Verse 2, male and female created he them and blessed them and called their name Adam in the day when they were created. After the initial creation of heaven, singular, the second of the three heavens, which is the universe, The solar system, the universe, is that heaven that was created in verse 1. And earth, the only thing God created from nothing was Adam and Eve and all the living creatures. During the six days, everything else was made by God from previously existing material or was a product of rearrangement, as in the case of the waters and the dry land simply being separated. Now, the 18 uses of may slash make in the creation account. So some of these will be the same because they're in the same verse. Uh, And God made, this is Genesis 1-7, and God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which are above the firmament, and it was so. 
and 116. And God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. It's almost like, oh yeah, got to mention the stars. And God sent them in the firmament. Oh, it's just uh, 17. And God set them in the firmament of the heaven, which already existed, to give light upon the earth. So even the, even the, the universe that the earth sits in, it was created in the beginning, and there was a proper place for the sun and the moon, but they weren't in the proper place, and he had to make sure they were put in the proper place. The fact that he set them, talking about the sun and the moon, in the firmament of heaven is as it would be if the solar system already existed and had a place reserved for the... Uh, but we don't really know those things. We don't really know. That's where faith comes in. Genesis one twenty five, And God made the beast of the earth after his kind, and cattle after their kind, and everything that creepeth upon the earth after his kind. Notice how it says over and over again, it's kind. So, man did not evolve from seaweed in the ocean to what he is now. Animals didn't go from one type of animal to another type of animal through evolution or you know any, any of that stuff. It's... It was made or created after its kind. And everything that creeps on the earth after its kind, and God saw that it was good. And God said, let us make man in our image. Both man and animals were said to be created and made for good reason. God formed man from the dust of the, of the ground. That's in Genesis 2-7, which is making from previously existing material. But the soul and spirit of Adam was an entirely new creation. Likewise, out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air. That was in Genesis 2-19. The bodies of living creatures were formed much as a man takes clay and forms an image. But their living spirits were created afresh. And he believes that animals do have living spirits and that you can read Ecclesiastes 3.21 to get the proof of that. Ecclesiastes 3.21. The Bible is a wonderfully amazing product of divine inspiration. I stand in awe. Genesis 1.31. And God saw everything that he had made and behold it was very good. God surveys his entire six days and declares it to be very good. Genesis 2.2 And on the seventh day God ended his work which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because that, it, that in it, he had rested from all his work which God created and made. Here is the clincher. If anyone has doubts, this should settle it. The summary passage observes that the work of God involved both creating and making. Two different things as distinguished by the and. If creating and making are the same thing, then verse 3 is nonsense. Genesis 2, 4. These are the generations of the heavens and of the earth when they were created in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. There are two words in this passage that need defining to fully appreciate the verse. And, that's, and I've already hinted at it, generations and the heavens. But that's later on. We, we won't even cover that right now. That's a different chapter. We will come to that later. 
But for our purpose now, we will deal only with the words created and made. As would be expected, both created and made are used in reference to the creation of the heavens and the earth. First, the heavens and earth were created by a, uh, followed by a day when they were made. See how, the, how, how that how it had to go in order? The earth was created, and then in a day you'll see made. Genesis 2.9, And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food, the tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So from the ground God made the trees to grow. God utilized elements present in the ground to form the trees, like a chemist who mixes elements in combinations that generate reactions and form new compounds. God made the trees. He didn't create them at this time because they already existed in the universe. Uh, he'll talk about that more later on in the book. Genesis 2.18 And the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him and help meet for him. Eve is both created and made. Her body was a product of previously existing DNA and stem cells taken from the bone marrow of Adam's rib. God created her soul. In Genesis 2.22, And the rib which the Lord God had taken from the man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. God made the woman who was said to be bone of my bones, Flesh of my flesh, because she was taken out of man. That's the very next verse, 23. In Genesis 3, 1, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. Beasts were both made from the ground and created in their spirits. Uh, Genesis 3, 7, And the eyes of them both were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. Adam and Eve can, cannot create anything, but they could take vines and leaves and make a garment. Uh, Genesis three twenty one. Unto Adam also and to his wife did the Lord God make coats of skins, so he made, he made it out of uh, animals, and clothed them. God didn't create coats. He took the skins from animals and made them into coats, much as a mountain man made buckskins. Genesis 5.1. So this is where he told you to read Genesis 1 through chapter 5. You get to the first verse in Genesis 5, and you see created and made together. This is all the way over in, in chapter 5 of Genesis. This is the book of the generations of Adam. I already read it once. In the day that God created man in the likeness of God, made he him. Now, explaining that. And for our final use of created and made in the creation account, we again view the clincher. God created man in one day and made him in his own likeness. Why is the word made used to describe Adam's nature? God used that which previously existed to fashion Adam's nature, his own image. I am highly impressed. I have known these facts all my knowing life, but viewing it afresh with a critical eye, I find the Bible amazing in its careful and consistent use of the words created and made. The gap fact stands supported like the foundations of the earth itself. So there's a bunch of other verses, and it's it's you know we've read some of these a couple weeks ago. It's really interesting, and you know I was talking about the verses, the chapters and verses and numbers of chapters and numbers of verses. You never notice that Genesis six six. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth and it grieved him at his heart. It just happens to be 6-6. Six, six. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created 
from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. So the scripture continues to recognize the difference between created and made. Isaiah 43, 7. Even everyone that is called by my name, for I have created him for my glory. I have formed him, yea, I have made him. That's all the way over in Isaiah. This is a definitive passage. All three words are used quite appropriately. Speaking of man reflecting God's image, it is appropriate to say he was created for God's glory, which is a reference to a soul and spirit bearing the image of God. Then he uses the word formed, as in Adam was formed from the dust of the ground like one forms clay. His spirit was not formed, it was created. Then he enforces his use of the word formed by the clause yea, which shows that what follows is an expansion of the former clause. I have made him. Forming is making. Breathing the breath of life into him is creating. Isn't that the most beautiful thing you have ever seen? The Bible is wonderful in its detailed accuracy. In Isaiah 45, 12, I have made the earth and created man upon it. I, even my hands, have stretched out the heavens, and all their hosts have I commanded. Did you hear that? This is Isaiah 45, 12. I have made the earth. Well, he created it in one, but then he did a bunch of making, right? I have made the earth and created man upon it. I, even my hands, have stretched out the heavens, you know, put the, put out, put the things in the right places, and all their hosts have I commanded. This is another profoundly eloquent verse. God made the earth at the time he created man upon it. The, see the difference there. This is all the way in Isaiah 45. And... With that, he stretched out the heavens that were already created and then commanded the previously created heavens, putting them in a new order. Made, created, stretched out, and commanded four different verbs properly placed, consistent with the Genesis account written 800 years earlier and consistent with the gap doctrine as well. Isaiah 45, 17. But Israel shall be saved in the Lord with an everlasting salvation. Ye shall not be ashamed nor confounded world without end. For thus saith the Lord that created the heavens, God himself that formed the earth and made it, he hath established it, he created it not in vain, he formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord and there is none else. Here is another very explicit passage maintaining the pattern set in Genesis. God first created the heavens. Later, he formed the earth that existed from the time the heavens were created. Forming was part of the making process. When he says he established it, he is amplifying verse 17 where it says world without end. The recreation of the earth was the opening of a new establishment under the jurisdiction of man to be inhabited forever. He says, I feel like singing. Such beautiful scripture makes us worship our living God and fall down in wonder at his eternal program and the exactness with which it is conveyed in Holy Scripture. So, very, uh, very detailed, very accurate. The Word of God is pretty amazing. When you, when you open up the Bible and you start reading, you go by those things so quick, and there's so many things that you don't pick out when you just read it. So, 
it is important that you pray beforehand that the Holy Spirit shows you things. It is important that you read slowly and read it again and again. I just read through Romans uh, a couple days ago. I read through Romans again all the way through and it only takes about an hour to read Romans, 16 chapters. It's not that much time. We need to be in the Word and trusting what it says and start to really break down verses and really pay attention to those, those things like he just explained in that book. The difference between created and made. The difference between a, a word in its singular form and in its plural form. And everywhere you go in the Bible, it matches. It, there's no way that that many people were involved in writing the Bible. Probably 40 different people over such different time periods from so totally different places. How, the, how Isaiah could write the things he wrote and how it in no way contradicts what was written by Moses. It's pretty amazing. There's no way human beings, that there's no way they could have worked it out amongst each other because they didn't even live in the same time period. One had died hundreds of years before the other wrote what he wrote. But yet it's perfect. It's just amazing. It has to be from God. There's no other, no other uh, way to explain it. Do we have any questions? I find it very confusing to keep it straight. Mm-hmm. Heaven, heavens. Earth was created. Earth was made. Mm-hmm. And to get it all straight in my head about the when those things take place is mind-boggling. And, like you just said, if you love the Lord and you're reading these verses and you realize, who am I that God is mindful of me? And where was I when he formed all of this like he asked Job? It magnifies God and makes him just truly wonderful. And you just have to worship. Hebrews 11.3 says, Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Without faith it's impossible to please him. And if he spelled it all out perfectly, then there would be nothing to, to, to have faith in. So to give honor to God is to believe him strictly on what he has told us in his word. And we got you know, certain people, they want proof. And it's, it's good to look for proof. It's good to search things out. And there's a lot of people in the, that didn't believe God and went to search out to find the errors in the Word of God, try to find errors in science and different areas so they can say, ha, there is no God. And when they get done with all of that research and trying to figure out a way to say there's no God, they find Him. And, and, and those are beautiful stories Stories of Muslims over in the Middle East that are confiscating Bibles and killing Christians. And then, you know, a leader reading the Word of God to find out the errors in it so he can try to get the Word out that, look, don't fall for this. And he reads it and he sees where he's been wrong all of his life. He's been led astray and he becomes a Christian. 
and knowing that if anybody finds out about it, he's dead. So uh, there's stories like that that you hear over time. The Word of God changes people. That's why we read it. That's why we preach about it. And people write books about it because we know that the Word of God changes people for the better. I think the tendency is to get confused and push the Bible away when our response should be, and it took me many years to get to this point, instead of pushing it away, dig in deeper. Because that's where you find what you need to find. So don't let the hard stuff be discouraging. Just keep on digging into the Word. Your homework is to look up the 2,000 and whatever times the Word make is in the Bible. Made, made. (laughs) All right. Our time's up. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you once again for, for your Word. And Father, we thank you for just this chance that we have to put these CDs together and to get your word out to more people. And Father, I just pray that you know, those who listen to these CDs will you know, think about the word of God that they hold in their hands and that they would be more motivated to get into the word, to search these things out for themselves. And Father, to have the courage to ask questions, to stand up and say, I don't, I don't see this, I, I, I don't understand this, and um, I think you're wrong here. I, I want to hear it. And Father, I pray that your word will just be the thing that fixes the problems that we're facing. Father, There are so many hurting people in this world right now, so many that are looking for answers, and I just pray that the Holy Spirit would guide them to your word and to you. Thank you, Lord. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.